today on The Spotter. The worst thing he could have done was to drive us into the stronghold because in the stronghold is where we seek God, hear from God, become empowered, become encouraged, and our faith is lifted and built. Welcome to The Spotter, a weekly podcast dedicated to the everyday challenges facing today's ministry leaders. It is necessary to stay close to someone who will challenge you to grow, do more, reach higher, and dream bigger. You should never allow yourself to be the strongest person in the room. You need a spotter. Here's your host, Jeff Wolf. I have never been more proud of pastors who are just exploding with an anointing of creativity and innovation to continue preaching the gospel and caring for people and finding ways to connect with people and pastors are talking to each other and doing video conferences and bouncing ideas off of each other. Pastors have come together, churches have come together, and our community has come together. Pastors, I just want to say just how impressed I am at how you have tackled this crisis situation. I believe that crisis brings things out of us. Crisis reveals character. Crisis uh, brings creativity. It causes creativity. Crisis strengthens community, and it and it fosters communication. I believe that this crisis has brought out the best in us. And I want to just commend all of you uh, in ministry who are being creative and innovative and doing new things and getting out of your box. Uh, So many of you have been getting out of your box and doing things that you've never done before as it relates to social media and technology. And I want to say thank you. I just want to commend you for how you have risen to the occasion uh, and you have shown such great leadership during this time. This week I want to talk to you uh, out of the passage of 2 Samuel chapter 5. Now this isn't the first time David's ever faced off with the Philistine. He began uh, his combat experience by taking out Goliath, the champion of the Philistines. But this time, it's different. This time, David is king of Israel. This time, it's not just about him. It's about the people that God has made him the ruler over. David is a combat veteran. David understands warfare. He understands the tactics of the Philistine army. He understands that he is an enemy and has been the enemy of the Philistines ever since he struck down their champion when he was just a boy. So now they've come against him again. They heard, the Bible said, verse 17 of 2 Samuel 5, they heard that they had anointed David king over Israel and the Philistines went up to search for David. Let me read the rest of this passage to you. David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless 
deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perizim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Perizim. And they left their images there, meaning the Philistines. And David and his men carried them away. Verse 22, the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees, and it shall be. When you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. I want to break this down for you. I want to first of all show you uh, some things that pop out at me as I read this passage earlier this week. You know, in the midst of the times and circumstances we're in right now, in the midst of the crisis that we're in, uh, as I've read the Word this week, it's just unbelievable to me how God can show you in Scripture things that perhaps you never saw that apply to where you are, that are relevant for your right now season. God has a way of taking His Word and applying it directly to the canvas of your life in the here and now. It's a living word. It never changes, but it lives. And it permeates our hearts, and it speaks to our spirit, and it penetrates our thick skull sometimes and speaks directly to us. And that's exactly what the Lord's been doing with me as I read the word. I've seen it in a new light. I believe crisis also helps you see God's Word in a new way. The first thing I want to point to you is in verse 17, the very last word, the word stronghold. David hears that the Philistines have camped round about him. And the first thing that he did when he heard of it was he went down to the stronghold. That word in the Greek text indicates a fortress, a safe place. And in one translation, one spot in the Word of God in Job, it is used to, to indicate a home. And as I read this about David going to the stronghold, about hiding himself away, about protecting himself uh, in his stronghold, it made me think about what we're going through right now. It made me think about the fact that we are all of us, all over this country, whether you are under a state order by your governor or you are just, maybe you're quarantined because you've been infected by this virus, maybe you're just sitting at home because you can't work and you have locked yourself in just to stay well. Whatever that is and looks like for you, there's one thing we all have in common, most of us have in common, as we have spent more time in our strongholds than ever before. I don't know about you, but my house is my fortress. It's my stronghold. 
It's my sanctuary. It's the place where I can come and I can be myself and I'm safe here. And so as I think about David going to the stronghold, that seems to be one of the things that about this passage that I've never seen before. We Sometimes when you read the Word, you skip over things because you, you feel like they're just uh, there, but they're not of any significance to, that, to, to you in that point or that moment of your life. But as I read this the other evening, that word stronghold became the key word in that verse for me. We are all kind of locked down in our strongholds. Several years ago, my Aunt Chris sang with uh, a man named George Lewis uh, and his son, Jeff Lewis. George Lewis was a prolific songwriter, and he wrote a song. The title of it was, The Ground is Level at the Foot of the Cross. The words of that song have rung in my heart since I was just a child. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. No man stands higher than I. I can call on Jesus' name, and a king can do the same. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And that bears, as I think about the words of that song, it bears such a stark similarity and reality of what we're all doing right now. Regardless of your economic status, Regardless of your position, the size of your home, the luxury of your car, the level of your education, whether you're uh, living a high life or struggling to get by, whether you have notoriety and fame or you don't, we all right now in this country and perhaps around the world, we're standing on level ground. Crisis knows no favorites whether you are on top of the world or at the end of your rope, we are all level on level ground right now. We are all facing the same danger right now. We are level. Crisis is the great equalizer. And I believe that as we stand level today, God is showing us that His love and His mercy, and His goodness, and His protection, and His power, and His Word, His blood, touches every human being because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We are all in the same boat, and Jesus is on the boat. And He's not concerned as we are when the disciples were on the boat and they were crossing the sea and Jesus found himself asleep and they're in the midst of this great storm and they woke Jesus up and said, Master, do you not care that we perish? Jesus got up and he calmed the winds and the waves. Peace, be still. As I think about what we're going through right now, that's exactly what's happening. We, we know that Jesus is on the boat as we go through the storm. We know He's there, but sometimes we pray, Lord, do you not care that we perish? Don't you know what we're going through? But I want you to know that Jesus is not only on the boat, He's at peace to bring you peace. Right now, as we stand on level ground, crisis has equalized us. Jesus is here. Jesus is in your stronghold. 
I believe that David did not run to his stronghold in fear. I believe he ran to his stronghold because he knew when he got there, he would have a place where he could get a hold of God. Because immediately after going to his stronghold, David prayed. He knew that the Philistines were just outside Jerusalem. And they had deployed and encamped themselves around about the valley of Rephaim. And so when David ran to his stronghold, he prayed, Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? I want you to understand today that being in our homes is a blessing. It's caused us all to slow down. It's caused us all to reevaluate what's important. Isn't it funny how when crisis comes, the things that used to be important don't seem important anymore? That the things that we used to argue over and debate over, they're not as important anymore. Being in your stronghold tends to bring perspective to your life and what you're going through. Think about it for a moment. Being in your stronghold brings perspective to what you're going through. Why? Because it's a place of safety. It's a place of safety. I've heard people quoting Psalm 91 for several weeks as it relates to this coronavirus. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Your stronghold is the secret place of the Most High. And as David went into his stronghold, he prayed, God, what am I supposed to do? What shall I do? Now, why did he pray that? Did he pray that because he didn't know whether or not he could defeat the Philistines? Absolutely not. David's on top of the world. David has just been anointed king over Israel. David has never been at a place more... Um, uh, a place that is any higher than where he is. He is at the top of the food chain. He's the king of Israel. He knew that he could defeat the Philistines. He had done it many times before. But David prayed because he knew that the Lord had placed him where he was. And he was wise enough to know that he needed to seek the face of God. Now, we've never been in this place where we are right now. We've never been in this situation. We've never been in this predicament. Pastors, you've never led through a pandemic before. So we haven't really understood the far-reaching realities of this crisis. But in times of crisis, we have sought the Lord. And as you're locked down at home today, I pray that you will see that as your fortress, your stronghold where you can get a hold of God. Some of you are worried about your jobs. You're worried about your financial status and your future as it relates to the economy. You're worried a lot about uh, your children. You're worried about a lot of things. We're looking forward right now, wondering how the present affects our future. But I want to call you back to prayer. Don't be afraid. Don't be worried. You're in your stronghold. And if you will seek God, He will speak to you. I want you to notice what God said. The Lord said to David, Go. Go. Now I believe the time is coming in very short order that we're going to come out of our strongholds with a new power and a new authority. The worst thing the devil could have done
was to create a, an attack on the church that confines us to our stronghold, to drive us into our stronghold because we are households of faith. We know how to get a hold of God. We know how to pray over and anoint and plead the blood over our families. We know how to turn our living rooms into a sanctuary. The worst thing he could have done was to drive us into the stronghold because in the stronghold is where we seek God, hear from God, become empowered, become encouraged, and our faith is lifted and built. That's what ought to be happening in your stronghold. And that's the worst thing the devil could have done is to drive us into our strongholds because we're going to come out and we're going to come out with power. We're going to come out in anointing. We're going to come out with authority. We're going to come out having spent time in the presence of God. And the things that used to hold us back before are not going to hold us back. God told David when he left his stronghold to go. Why? Because I will certainly deliver the Philistines into your hand. I want to point out to you there are times when God says, stay and be still. And then there are times that God says, go. In Exodus 14, when Pharaoh and his armies were chasing after Moses and the nation of Israel as they escaped captivity, God told them through Moses, stand still and let the Lord fight the battle. Stand still and let the Lord fight the battle. And then in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, when Jehoshaphat was facing the Ammonites and the Moabites, God came upon a young man after they prayed named Jehaziel, and he prophesied. And the Lord spoke through Jehaziel and said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So there's two instances there where God told the people, Just stay where you are, and I'll take care of the battle. But then there are other places, like here in 2 Samuel 5, in verse 19, where God says to you, this is not the time to stand still. This is the time to go. And I believe God is calling us in just a short period of time after we've spent time in the stronghold, time in the secret place, time uh, getting built up and refreshed and renewed. He's going to call us to go because he has given us the enemy. And I believe the promise God gave Joshua will apply to us as we emerge from our strongholds. Wherever you put the sole of your feet, Joshua, that land I will give to you. God's going to give you land that you didn't have before. He's going to give you territory that wasn't yours before. He's going to bring promotion and he's going to bring growth and he's going to bring prosperity upon you in every area of your life because you spent time in the stronghold, listening to God. Verse 20, So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of water. And he called the name of the place Baal Perazim, which literally means the master of breakthroughs. You know, anytime in the scripture where you see that a place has been renamed by a conquering king, such as this instance where David renames this place Baal Perazim. It is for a memorial and a reminder so that every time someone comes to that place or hears the name of that place, they will remember it as the place 
where a victory occurred. We will look back upon this season, this coronavirus, this attack on our country, upon churches. I believe there is so much more to this, folks, than just a health crisis. This is a spiritual crisis. This is a spiritual attack of the enemy on the kingdom of God on earth. But I believe when we look back on this time, when our children look back on this time, we have to rename this. I don't believe that God's going to allow this situation to retain the name or the label or the tag that a man has been put on it. This time, listen to me, I feel God speaking through me right now. This time is not going to be remembered for the crisis. It's going to be remembered for the revival that succeeds it. This crisis is going to be remembered as a trigger to the greatest revival that ever came upon the United States of America. I believe it's going to surpass that of Azusa Street. I believe that the revival that God is bringing, the awakening, the renewal that's coming, is coming on the heels of this crisis, and we will rename it, and it will not be named and tagged and labeled and remembered for the crisis, but it will be remembered for the revival. We will look back on this time. We will look back on 2020 as the year that the people of God found themselves in a stronghold, and they prayed until God brought them out and said, Go, for I have given this land and this enemy into your hand. My Lord, I feel that. David renamed the place, and God's going to rename this time and this season. Another thing that's interesting to me about this passage is in verse 21, the Bible says that the Philistines left their images or their idols in that place, probably because they ran in danger. They ran for their lives and they left their idols there. The scripture says again here in verse 22 that then the, Philist the Philistines went up again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephium. Why? Because they went back to get their idols. They were whipped so bad that they left their idols there, and they didn't come back because they wanted another whipping from David and the armies of Israel. They came back to get their idols. And when they got there, they found the idols were gone. Why? Because David captured their idols and took them back into the fortress with him. He captured the idols and held them. So they encamped round about again. And when they got out there, David again prayed, and he said, "Shall uh, and God said, you shall not go up this time like you did the last time, but circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly, for the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded, and he drove back the Philistines. What I gather out of this passage is just because David defeated the Philistines, attacking them head on in the last battle, he didn't rush out to the battlefield in haste when they showed up again. He prayed, Lord, 
You gave me victory over them last time. They're out here again. What do you want me to do this time? And God said, this time don't go at them from the front. Sneak around behind them. I'm going to do a new thing. Listen, folks, God is doing a new thing in this last day, and what worked in the past may not work now. What He used in the past may not, may not be the thing that He uses now. Some of you are having to embrace a whole new way of ministry, and you are completely out of your comfort zone. You are completely out of your box. You don't know what in the world you're doing. You're just trying your best to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You've attacked the enemy head on uh, in your ministry, and you know how to do that, and you know how to, how to make it happen, how to minister to people, how to preach the gospel and, and, and do things in the midst of what you know. But now God's saying, don't do that this time. This time, I'm going to have you sneak around the back, and I'm going to do a new thing, and I want you to go around back. This is what he told David. I want you to sneak around behind them, and I want you to wait until you hear the sound. The sound of the marching and tops of the mulberry trees. So God places David in a waiting pattern. David makes his formation. He's doing it a new way. I want to ask you, do you understand what God is asking of you? He's asking you to lay down all of your methods, lay down everything that you've learned in the past about methodology, get out of your comfort zone, Lay down everything you've known in the past about your systems and how your systems and processes work. And I want you to do something brand new. I want you to come at the enemy a different way. The enemy doesn't expect it. That's why God told David to go around behind the Philistines, because they weren't expecting it. The enemy expects you to do what you've always done. The devil is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know what God's telling you to do. He doesn't understand the ways of God. If he did, he'd be victorious over you. So the enemy expects you to do what you've always done, but God's giving you a new way. He's giving you a tactical advantage over the devil. Sneak around behind and do what? Wait for the sound. Now think about this. This isn't a whisper. This is the sound of marching. It was a loud sound. He said, wait till you hear the sound of the marching and tops of the mulberry trees. Well, you would, you would think in, in reference to battle tactics that that would give away their position, that it would ruin the element of surprise. How is David going to defeat the Philistines from behind if God's going to make a sound, this is what I believe. I believe that the Philistines weren't going to hear the sound. The Philistines didn't hear the sound. The only people that heard the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees was David and his men. I believe that there is a sound that is coming that the world doesn't hear. A sound only the church hears. A sound only those who are marching in the army of the Lord hears. And when we hear that sound, it's time to move forward. Now listen, I believe that there is a lot of negativity circling around us right now. There is this, there is this feeling of impending doom that wants to creep in. When you turn on the news, it's all negative. All of it is negative. 
And I'm going to tell you, I, I'm a news junkie. Those, those that know me know that I, I love to watch the news. I like to be informed. I'm a, a political nerd. But there came a time over the last couple of weeks I had to shut it off because I don't want that negativity to get in me. And there are a lot of people singing a song of doom and gloom right now. There are a lot of people that, that are so-called experts that are getting on the television right now and talking about a new normal, a new permanent normal. And that troubles me so much. I find myself getting troubled in my spirit and in my heart and mind when I hear those things because it seems like the enemy is trying to say that things will not be as they were. Why is that so difficult to hear? Because it gets us out of our comfort zone. But I don't believe the doom and gloom. I believe that this too shall pass, that we are going to come through this battle and when we get on the other side of this battle, we are going to be the same people, the same church, the same kingdom. But what will emerge and what will be new, I'm telling you, life's going to go back to normal. It has after every crisis. Life has gone back to normal. We may make some adjustments to our society. But one thing that's not going to happen in this country until God says it's going to happen is that we're not going to lose our civil liberties. The things that are going on now are temporary. Our church buildings are not going to be left in the shadows. Everything's going to be fine. I want to encourage you that life is going to go back to normal when this is all over. I believe God has us cocooned right now. But what will happen is that the church will emerge with a new vision a new strength. The church will emerge. Pastors will come out of this with a new education, with deeper wisdom and understanding. And people will emerge out of this with a new hunger for healing. God wastes no crisis. Crisis reveals character. The character of people is, is shining right now in the midst of this crisis. Crisis brings creativity. Pastor, continue being creative and innovative. God is blessing it. Allow Him to give you ideas and thoughts and share those with others that we might continue to do the work of the kingdom. Crisis brings communication. We've communicated with each other like never before. Pastors every day doing prayer meetings online and Facebook Live, doing Bible studies. Pastors' wives doing Bible studies. The innovation is crazy. Things we never thought, things we always had the ability to do but never had the thought to do before, having drive-in services. When pastors and ministry leaders and people in the kingdom of God get hungry, when they get serious, they'll do things they've never done. And finally, crisis strengthens community. We're not going to be weaker, we're going to be stronger. I wanted to encourage you today I pray for you. I pray that God will touch you and anoint you and minister to you today, especially pastors. I'm praying for you. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I believe it's coming. Get ready for revival. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to The Spotter on any major podcast provider. Visit us at jeffwolf.org for more information. And follow Jeff Wolf on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
To receive a copy of Jeff's newest project, absolutely free, 10 Reasons Why Pastors Are in Danger, text the word RESTORED to 31996. Message and data rates may apply. Remember to join us next week. Be blessed.